Welcome to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. Watford for the win! Yes! Yes! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Welcome to Indiana basketball. Smart takes the shot! And the Hoosiers with three seconds. Go ahead. Indiana wins the championship. Keith Smart is the hero. When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past i want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my now here's your host matt dannison it's indiana what i feel is the pinnacle the absolute pinnacle of all of college basketball Hello and welcome in. Thursday edition of the show, Indiana takes one on the chin last night to Northwestern uh, at home and Nebraska at home. Gosh, they're all running together. All the losses compounding here for this Indiana team. But uh, Indiana started off not so good, played some of the best basketball maybe that they have for a while in the second half. And then uh, the bottom fell out uh, once again toward the end of the ball game, and this Indiana team comes up short. They are now 14 and 12 overall, and just six and nine in Big Ten conference play. So uh, Indiana came out and just simply wasn't ready to go. Uh, got behind early, got behind often. Somehow, some way, they were able to make an unbelievable run at it. Uh, in the second half, and it looked like they were going to come back and make a game of it, if not maybe go on to win the game, but uh, quickly things went back in the direction of Nebraska, and this team once again lost a home game at Assembly Hall as this season just continues again to get worse and worse. I hate to be the negative guy, but just the fact of where things are at right now with Indiana basketball, they are not in a good situation at all. Also, Derek Queen made it official yesterday as we discussed on the show. He did commit to Maryland, so huge target for Indiana in the 2024 class is now off the board and uh, committed to another Big Ten program. He'll play for the Terrapins of Maryland next season, and he was a guy that Indiana was on, and I think at some point there were people involved or around Derek Queen that thought he might ultimately be an Indiana Hoosier, but uh, that was not the case as uh, he goes on to pick Maryland yesterday. So if you're looking ahead to next season, uh, he would have been a big piece to kind of get people fired up for at least some sort of hope that Indiana can rebound next year, can use the transfer portal to uh, get some key improvements, but uh, he goes to Maryland, so he'll likely be at Maryland at least for one season, and uh, Indiana, instead of having him in their rebuild for next year, will have to compete against him uh, next season, and he's, I think, going to come in and be a great college player, as I think Liam McNeely will as well, but really thought those guys might hook up together in college for a year, and uh, they would be a terrific freshman tag team in college basketball. Also last night, Connecticut goes down. Kentucky, I watched the end of that game after the Indiana uh, contest was over. Uh, they lose just in a, really an unbelievable last-second scenario for LSU to clip them on the road for the Wildcats last night. But, uh, yeah, some crazy happenings in college basketball, and I guess the best thing is I always talk about March Madness coming up and the conference tournaments co- conference tournaments coming up. I guess the best thing at this point is um, there's March Madness ahead, and we all live for that here in this area. Uh, we were built for that here in this area, uh, and uh, a good time ahead. And I'm reminded with that Kentucky finish to that game last night with LSU lobbing it back inbounds and scoring it 
the buzzer. Um, reminded when number one Connecticut, who's looked so dominant here in recent games, uh, Ohio State knocking off Purdue over the weekend. Those minutes remind you, those moments remind you that March Madness is going to be crazy. Each and every year, there are some signature moments of upsets and amazing plays. And, uh, you know, if Indiana's not going to be in it, I'm assuming if you're listening to this show on a daily basis, you probably care a lot about Indiana basketball or maybe just sports here in the area. But uh, if they're not going to be in it, you got to have something to excite you. And I think the fact of all the big moments and plays and upsets that are ahead, it's going to be a lot of fun to follow. So uh, a good time of the year coming. There's no question about that. Let's look at the lineup today. The show lineup, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Segment one here in just a few moments. We'll have our Hoosier headlines, a summary of the day's top IU and Southern Indiana sports news. Justin Kalen, producer of this show, going to join me as we're just going to talk about where things are at, just kind of an open and honest conversation conversation about Indiana hoops at this point. Later today in the show, it's Thursday, so Alex Bozich of Inside the Hall is always with us, presented by Todd Coleman's Classic Furniture. We'll recap the game last night with him. We'll look at what's next for this Indiana team, and we'll talk a little bit about the fallout of Derek Queen's commitment to Maryland yesterday, uh, and more with Alex when he joins us a little bit later in the program today. Also on Thursdays, Steve Herberg, a great friend of the show, a great person around Indiana High School basketball here in the area. He'll check in as we uh, talk about tournaments next week, the sectional tournaments. We'll cover a lot of different topics with Steve when he's with us today from a basketball perspective. So stay with us for that coming up a little bit later today. That's the lineup today, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Check them out for a delicious lunch. They have wonderful sandwiches, salads, and soups that are made fresh daily, and they'll surely satisfy any craving you have. You might even find something else to take home as they have a variety of dinner packages. Give Honey Baked Ham in New Albany a try. I think you'll be glad that you did. Thornton's text line is open. 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. Here's an open line for you to sound off. Uh, I know it's been awful negative lately, but you can sound off on your thoughts about last night's game or Mike Woodson within reason. <laughs> and, of course, the future of this team over the next few weeks. What do you expect as Indiana closes out the regular season and thinks about the Big Ten tournament? 502-414-1450 is that number. Send us a text and don't don't forget, if you're looking for an icy cold thirst quencher to keep your day going in the right direction, right now at Thornton's, all 32-ounce fountain drinks and smaller are only 89 cents. You heard it right, only 89 cents. So come in today and grab a fountain drink from Thornton's and send us a text on the Thornton's text line. 502-414-1450. Almost gave out my personal cell phone there. 502-414-1450 is the Thornton's text line number. Let's get into our Who's Your Headlines portion of the program. Uh, Justin Kalen, producer, with me now. Uh, I tell you what, Justin, I, I, I did not think it was going to go well for Indiana last night. And looking at the score, I was at the New Albany-Bedford game last night. Looking at the score, watching it on my phone for the first oh half or so, uh, it was going about what I expected. Northwestern was kind of slowly, steadily dominating the game with anywhere from a 12 to 18 point lead. I think they led exactly by 20 at halftime last night, but I was caught off guard entirely when Indiana came out in the second half 
and played some really good basketball. They were playing hard. Their defense changed. They were attacking and just looked like a different team. And all of a sudden, they're not just getting back in the game, but they almost take the lead. And then things after they reached that point really fell apart again for this Indiana team. It was one little burst where they played very well. Other than that, it was Indiana basketball per normal last night, Justin. Yeah, no doubt, Matt. You you and I are different, though, because I went into that game and maybe it's the internal optimist in me, but I I was feeling good about that game last night. I thought Indiana would respond well to a, a, quite frankly, an embarrassing loss on Sunday against Northwestern. And then they come out last night and put together yet another just embarrassing performance. So that game did not go anything like what I thought it would. And admittedly, at halftime, I turned it off until there was about 16 minutes left in the second half. I turned it back. I come back around. I turned it back on to to see the spurt that they put together. So it, they did play well in spurts of that second half, but that's kind of what this team's done all season, right? I mean, haven't they played well in spurts in every game, but they just can't put it together for 40 minutes. So to say I was extremely frustrated last night is a severe understatement. Yeah, how, how do you how does that work, Justin? You get you get mad. Of course, you, you're an IU guy through and through. You get mad. You turn the game off. How do you know that the score's getting closer? Do you have friends text you, or are you looking on Twitter, or when do you know it's time to turn it back on? <laughs> so uh, last night, I had uh, between you and I, Matt, I had no plans to turn that game back on because I, I'm just sick and tired of seeing no effort. Shots aren't dropping. Guys aren't hustling. I, I'm tired of watching it. That's not the type of basketball that I want to watch, you know? So luckily, I've got a roommate who... He's a Kentucky fan, and during the Kentucky halftime, he turned it back on to the Indiana game. That's the only reason I watched the rest of the game, right? If it wasn't for him, I wouldn't have watched anymore because, quite frankly, I just don't want to watch that. It's It's been a bad version of basketball for probably about a month now, and I'm, I'm just sick of it. Indiana is now 102 in the Ken Palm computer ratings, which obviously you can tell a lot from those when it comes to the NCAA tournament. And obviously the net ratings are a tool that the NCAA really uses these days to help with the tournament. But 102 in the Ken Palm, uh, Indiana has fallen 52 spots uh, to outside of the top 100 after Wednesday's loss. Um, I'm not sure that regardless what expectations were coming into this season that I ever thought Indiana would be 102 in computer ratings at this point of the season. Oh no, no shot. I mean, and it's really frustrating as well. And I'm not, I know I'm going to use that word a whole lot today because I am frustrated. It's and rightfully so, but looking at this roster coming into the season, you think, Oh my gosh, we got all the pieces. Trey Galloway, Khalil Ware, Malik Renew, Mackenzie Mbako, everybody was really excited about. And still to this day, if you look at the roster, all the pieces are there. I just I do not understand why they cannot find a way to win ballgames. And for them to let Tomanaga come in for Nebraska again last night and just light us up again, like that guy could not miss from three. So for him to put up 28 points in the first game, and then I don't even know how many he ended it up with last night, but I know it was well into the 20. So just unbelievable effort last night by him and, and just inexcusable effort defensively by Indiana, to be quite frank. Trey Galloway struggled last night. You know, he's playing the point guard position with Xavier Johnson out and, you know, Gabe Cups, I've seen some bright spots from him, 
but he's a freshman and he maybe is a little frail for the Big Ten game. I think down the line he could be really good for this Indiana program. And I say program instead of team because, you know, Gabe Cups is going to be there for, you would think, four years. We say that. Who knows? The transfer portal, uh, the world of college basketball these days is so much different. But Galloway struggled. He's being asked to play a position that probably isn't his number one position. I think he had six turnovers yesterday. Tough night for him. Yeah, no doubt. And it's been that way all year long. And I'm not trying to start rumors or anything, but every game I watch this season, I'm just sitting there thinking, like, Trey, what? It's almost like he's got a girlfriend and she's just like distracting him on the side. That's that's how I think about Trey Galloway. So I'm sitting there screaming to my TV every game, Trey, dump your girlfriend. Like it, it's so frustrating because we've seen so many good things out of him to start his Indiana career. I mean, the first three years were fantastic. It was growth after growth after growth each year. And then this year, he, he had to be the leader of this team, has to be the best player on this team. And he just hasn't been that. And it's been been really, really frustrating, once again, to use that word. Yeah, absolutely. Mackenzie Mbako, I thought he was pretty good last night. Mm-hmm. 22 points. I think that was a career high for him. Uh, also, just all the way around, uh, fairly solid. I know he was 7 of 17 from the field, so it wasn't uh, his most efficient game. But he continues to be somebody that gets better. And, you know, he's been good at times he's been solid at times he sure had some rough moments to start the year as you start to think about roster construction for next year and what's going to happen with the transfer portal players coming and going and late recruiting efforts that could be made here you do wonder about Mbako I think he came in as probably a lock in most people's eyes for the NBA draft this summer but I'm not sure that he's there yet and I don't see his name as prominently around NBA draft mocks as what maybe we did even a few months ago. So it's going to be interesting to see what path Mbako takes at the end of this season. And Justin, I hate to say this, but most topics I bring up right now or most things I think to talk about on the show are kind of transitionary topics about next season because I think in many ways we've already written this one off. Indiana's not going to the big dance. They're not in the NIT field. It would take a miracle for them to uh, win the Big Ten tournament, I think, at this point. Uh, So a lot of these topics are are things for next year, and we're not even to the offseason yet. Yeah, and just a reminder, Indiana has never won the Big Ten tournament, so I'm not even looking for that to happen this season. would be fun if it did happen, but yeah, I mean, rightfully so, we're transitioning towards the next year, and that's what made that game last night even more frustrating is sitting there watching it, and then you see the ticker on the bottom that Queen's going to Maryland and it's like oh cool so Indiana's got one recruit for the 2024 class and Liam McNeely how does this thing get better in in a year's time I, I just I don't see a way where it can get better I mean there are going to be a lot of guys with decisions to make whether that's Mbako, Khalil Ware, Malik Renew all three of those guys are going to have tough choices I, I like to think and hold out hope that maybe they'll decide to come back just because they're so unsatisfied satisfied with what it went this year but if you're an Indiana fan do you really want to sign up and have all those guys back I don't know I'm just completely at a loss for words right now I hate to be so downtrodden because that's just not my personality or the type of person I am but it's it's just been exhausting watching this team all year long when they have all the pieces they have the potential to be such a good team we see it every single game in spurts like we mentioned it just they cannot put it together for a full game and it's it's exhausting yeah, Justin Kalen, producer of the show, joining me here in the opening segment. Um, I, I don't even know what to expect the rest of the way. I took a, 
bold prediction, I guess you'd say, last week and said I thought Indiana would rebound somewhat and win three of their last seven games. And since that point, I think they've lost three in a row. So obviously I, I, my feel on that is is probably way off. But does this Indiana team, is it bad enough right now where this team could lose out, Justin? Uh, I don't know if they'll lose out. I do think they'll get one or two more somewhere along the way. And I actually remember you saying that last week that they're going to do that. And I was like, wait, what? I was like, he, this guy's crazy. They're going to win at least four or five. And now looking at it, you you overshot it. You gave them too much credit, Matt. So nice job for or on you. I mean, I guess they could still technically win three, but I, I just I don't see it. I mean, the way they're playing right now, they're not playing inspired basketball. They're not playing together. They're not hustling, and they're damn sure not offensive rebounding. Talking with Justin Kalen, I saw some photos on – our friend Mike Schumann's website, The Daily Hoosier, of the crowd last night. And while, you know, on television it looked good, they seemed to be loud. It's hard, I guess, to tell the volume level when you're listening on television. But uh, some photos of the upper levels and different parts of Assembly Hall that just weren't what it normally is for a Big Ten conference game uh, in the month of February with March just around the corner. Well, and that, I mean, tickets are not cheap anymore you know I mean it's it's not like 20 25 years ago where you can get into a game for 20 30 bucks you know so it, it it's pricey to go to a game and if the, I'm gonna go to a game I want to ensure that I've got a good product that's gonna be on the floor an entertaining game an entertaining team and that's just not what you're getting right now with Indiana so I I don't blame Indiana fans I'm not gonna throw away my 150 200 either to go to a game when I could just watch it on TV for free and turn it off whenever I want, much like I did last night. Yeah, for sure. Justin Kalen, my guest here in this opening segment. I guess, you know, I always hate to see the the season come to an end, the Indiana season, the Big Ten season, uh, because we know we're headed into the tournament. And while it's a lot of fun, it marks the beginning of the end for college basketball for the year. But with games still left in the regular season and the tournament still ahead, I mean, it's hard to not think, as I mentioned earlier, it's hard to not think about what this program is going to have to go through in the offseason for there to be uh, some significant changes for improvement next year. What are those changes to you, Justin? I know first and foremost, when the season ends, you've got to find out who's going to depart the roster for graduation to enter the transfer portal, NBA draft potential there with some of these players, as you mentioned. But once that happens, once Mike Woodson and his staff know the bare bones, who's coming back, who they want back, I know that's a tough thing to say, but it's the truth in college basketball these days. What does Indiana need to do? And maybe, uh, I guess, is just a shooter or shooting the key that this uh, staff needs to be recruiting out of the portal in the offseason? You know, it's really hard to say because it's I feel like the team now has shooters. We They have guys that have knocked them down in the past. We've, we've seen them hit shots, and they're just not making them. So you can go out and get a shooter all you want out of the transfer portal, but that, that, that doesn't guarantee that they're going to come in and knock down shots. While you would like to think that's going to be the case, I, I just don't know that that's going to happen. And that's where I get so frustrated with the whole Mike Woodson discussion because Mike, he's not out on the floor playing. He He's not taking those shots. He, he can't make the shots for those guys. So I, I'm kind of at a loss when it comes to the whole Mike Woodson situation because I've been on record saying I love Mike Woodson. I, I want Mike Woodson at Indiana, but he's got to get players in here that can make shots. But 
like I said, I, I think he has that this year. I just don't know why they're not falling. So, yeah, I mean, I guess you start with shooters. They're going to definitely have to ta- attack the transfer portal with some vigor with only that one recruit coming in. So, I don't know, maybe a couple other shoes fall and, and they get some guys coming in. But I, I'm not all that optimistic going into next season, I'll tell you that. Yeah, I agree. Justin Kalen, thank you for coming on to start this Thursday show. Thanks for letting me catch up with you soon. Appreciate all you do. Appreciate you. Thanks for letting me vent. All right. Uh, We'll head to a commercial break. When we come back, Alex Bozich inside the hall. We'll recap more on last night's game. We'll talk about Indiana missing on Derek Queen, who made his announcement yesterday that he is going to play in the Big Ten Conference for the Maryland Terrapins next season. And a lot more about IU basketball all coming up here. Stay with us on this Thursday edition of the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Let's win this and for all the small schools who never had a chance to get here. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Let's win for Coach, who got us here. Here's Matt Dennison. All right, we're back on this Thursday show. Alex Bozich inside the hall presented by Todd Coleman's Classic Furniture, joins us in this segment each week. We talk the latest with IU basketball. Alex, Justin and I kind of talked about the game, just free-flowing conversation in the first segment. I want to drill into some specific things with you here in this segment as we talk about Indiana's loss on Wednesday night to Nebraska. Um, You tweeted this out after the game. You said, quote, Listen to Mike Woodson's post-game press conference and didn't hear him take any accountability for the performance against Nebraska. Heard talk of the team being young, Injuries, missed shots, bad defense, no mention of who is responsible for all of that. How much responsibility for some of those things, I think a lot, do you put on Mike Woodson? Um, and his statements kind of take us through what he had to say last night. I mean, he's the leader, CEO, person in charge, president, whatever you want to call him, of IU basketball. So to me, you know, I gave him a ton of credit for the first two seasons and coming in, getting Indiana back to the NCAA tournament. And now when this season's not going well, uh, I think the blame has to be on him because he's the one that put this roster together. He's the one that works with the players every day in practice and prepares them for games. And I mean, the last four games they've played, they've been down significant margins in the second half of each game. And you know, to talk about a team being young, well, I mean, that that's, I, I guess uh, there's some truth in that. You know, if you look at the at the Ken Palm number, uh, he has a ranking of of youth by roster out of all 362 teams. Indiana is 227th, so they're not. Um, I mean, they're they're kind of right in the middle of the almost in the middle of the pack, but they're. They're, they're younger, but they're not. It's not like they're an extreme there. Um, talk about 
the injuries, well, I mean, Xavier Johnson was injured last year. Um, they had better depth last year, so they're over to, oh, able to overcome it. Um, but like this season, you're sitting there with a with a roster spot, a scholarship open. Didn't go out and get another guard to kind of have anything uh, as a backup in terms of a ball handler or shooter. So I mean, that's a roster construction problem. Uh, that's on him. Um, the the fundamentals like not blocking out and shooting free throws poorly. Uh, you know. I mean, you can blame the players all you want, but he's the one putting together the roster. So at some point, um, you have to do something different. So, you know, <clears throat> it's not as cut and dry as always just blaming the coach. But when the results are what they are, and you can look at Indiana's record and say, well, you know, they're fourteen and twelve. It's it's not t- terrible. It's not that bad. But look at the Ken Palm numbers, which to me. You know, I a lot of my writing, a lot of things I do, numbers based because when, when there's numbers involved, <clears throat> there's no really opinion uh, in in the analysis. It's just the numbers are what the numbers are. I mean, if if, if someone says you're a 65 percent free throw shooting team, there's no interpretation there other than you're a bad free throw shooting team. So now with the available amount of data that we have from the Ken Palm rankings, we can kind of look back at previous seasons. And we can say this right now is on track to be the worst IU season in terms of the Ken Palm numbers since Tom Crean's second year in Bloomington. That, I mean, that it's worse than Crean's third year, which was a really another really poor team. They were at least in the top 100. They were somewhere in the 80s. So, you know, this is year three. Um, I, I think with what Woodson said when he was hired, talking about you know competing for Big Ten championships, national championships, uh, at this point in the in his tenure, I mean, going into you know in, ending year three, going into year four, you have to look at that and say, you know, is Indiana on track to do those things? And I think right now the answer is no. So, I mean that, that you know it's nothing. You know, I think Mike Woodson in his first two years did a really good job, but. I think this year has been a really poor job, and I don't think it's fair to just you know blame it on players or things like that when you know he's the one that that coaches the games and he's the one that puts the team together. Alex Bozich inside the hall talking IU basketball. Uh, more on the loss last night, Alex. Um, lots of struggling moments for this Indiana team. Were you as surprised as I were to see them actually put some good minutes of basketball together and come surging back, at least for a while? It looked like they might uh, make it a game or even win the game last night. Yeah, I mean, it was nice to see them come out the second half and play, you know, 10 or 11 really good minutes, get back in the game within three. Um, It also brings up the question, you know, why didn't that happen from the opening tip? Why go through a whole half basketball being down 20, even down 22 early in the second half. And then, you know, to get back into the game, they had to, you know, expend so much energy that they just couldn't, you know, make that final push to, uh, to find, to take the lead. And once Nebraska made a couple of plays after they got it down to three, that was it. I mean, it was 14 to one run uh, response for Nebraska. And that was, that was all she wrote for Indiana. But, you know, Mike Woodson's talked at length this season about his team only playing well in spurts. Well, that was exactly the case last night. You know, I think they had t- 10, 11 minutes of, of decent, solid basketball where, you know, they were uh, they were scoring on every possession. They were 
making things a little bit tougher on Nebraska. But I mean, that's just not gonna that's not gonna work against Big Ten teams. You can't come out. You know, might have worked early in the season against Morehead State, where they had that comeback and were able to beat Morehead State after being down. Doesn't work against a team like you know even Nebraska, who's a bubble team at this point, probably going to make the NCAA tournament. But if you're only going to come out, at, particularly at home, and play ten or eleven minutes of solid basketball, you're just not going to win very many games. Alex Bozich inside the hall, talking Indiana's loss to Nebraska last night. It really gets no easier for this Indiana team, Alex. The rest of the way, um, nope. obviously, the Big Ten Conference is the Big Ten Conference, and if you can't win games at home at Assembly Hall, you're probably going to struggle to uh, have success the rest of the way. I asked Justin this, and I'll pose the same question to you. Do you think it's possible that Indiana could go the rest of the way without a victory, looking at who's ahead, Penn State on the road next, Wisconsin at home following that game, then it's Maryland uh, at College Park. Minnesota is playing better, and Indiana will play at Minneapolis, and then Michigan State to close out the season at home. I mean, I'm just not sure where to look for if you're looking for a win prediction there. Could Indiana not win the rest of the way? Oh, it's definitely within the realm of possibility. Um, They've got, as you said, three road games, looking at kind of the probabilities um, for a win. They've got no game where at this point they're projected any higher than 33% chance to win. So um, right now, to me – you know they they could they could have a game or two where they come out surprised and play really well and beat somebody. Um, but I mean at Penn State, I mean, Penn State's already beat them in Bloomington, Maryland on the road. Maryland will be looking for uh, revenge for the earlier season loss uh, in Bloomington. Same thing with Minnesota. Minnesota's actually got a little bit more to play for. I know they're they're not in the tournament at this point, but if they can <clears throat> string together some wins. Uh, you know, they're 16 and 9 right now. You know, if they could get to 21, 22 wins, they at least give themselves a chance to get in the tournament. And then obviously, Michigan State and Wisconsin at home, those teams are both top 20 in Ken Palm. And, you know, they've, Indiana's just lost to Nebraska, Northwestern, and Penn State all uh, consecutively at home. Uh, it's hard to project them beating uh, Wisconsin or Michigan State home. So there, there's definitely a scenario where Indiana could go. But they've lost three in a row. They could lose eight in a row to close the regular season and then go to the Big Ten tournament. They, if that happens, they'll definitely be playing in the Wednesday game uh, in the Big Ten tournament uh, against, obviously, one of the other bottom four teams in, in the conference. Not sure exactly how that will work from a seeding perspective yet, but I would think they would be 12 or 13 in terms of a seed in the Big Ten tournament, which, you know, that's that's close to, uh, you know, it's pretty much rock bottom. I mean, the only team would be below them, I think, would be Michigan, who's obviously been dealing with the point guard not being able to play road games since the new year, and uh, one of their best players is now out for the year. They, they, they've really done nothing of note this whole season. So if, if you're only better than Michigan in the Big Ten, maybe Ohio State, uh, especially in this season of Big Ten basketball and how average uh, it is compared to previous years, it's, it's just a really poor season. Alex Bozich inside the hall presented by Todd Coleman's Classic Furniture. He's with us Thursdays on the show. Uh, You laid out the scenario for the Big Ten tournament. Um, Is there any kind of uh, path or I guess what needs to happen, Alex, for Indiana to avoid that Wednesday start at uh, at the conference tournament? Is there a certain number of wins or is there just so much in flux right now that it's hard to pinpoint that? It's hard to say. I mean, I think if they won two two or three more games, they'd probably 
I don't think one. I'd have to look at the. I haven't really dialed into the. Uh, there's a there's a website you can go to if you just Google Big Ten tournament bracket like generator. You can go in there and like put in all the results of what you think is going to happen, and it'll kind of spit out a result. But yeah, I would think at minimum they're going to have to win a couple Big Ten games to avoid the Wednesday game. And at this point, it's it's hard to see that happening. Alex Bozich inside the hall. Alex, Derek Queen committed to Maryland yesterday. That was a big loss for Indiana as far as a recruiting target for 2024 that they had invested so much time with. And a lot of people, especially even just a month or so ago, thought Indiana had a real chance to maybe be his uh, destination. Um, Were you surprised yesterday to see his pick and it be Maryland? And uh, obviously, where does Indiana turn next from a recruiting standpoint? I mean, things aren't going well with the current season. They have one recruit in the class, albeit a really good one, in Liam McNeely. And obviously, we all know the transfer portal, regardless uh, what type of season Indiana had or didn't have this year is going to be very active. It's just part of the college basketball landscape. But where does Indiana turn from here as far as recruiting and key players for next year, key additions maybe is the better way to say that for next year now that Queen is committed elsewhere? Well, it's certainly going to be heavy uh, emphasis on the transfer portal uh, when that opens less than a month from now. Um that I mean, that's really the only place you can go. I mean, there, there's obviously going to be some guys that are going to want to keep from this season's roster and bring back. I think there's going to be probably be some guys who leave that are on the current roster via the transfer portal or go pro, and they're going to have a ton of work to do. I mean, there's no, there's no that's the that's the thing that that really kind of uh, where you where you kind of wonder like how salvageable is this because Woodson has talked so much about, you know, this being a new team and, but he's going to be looking at the same thing next year in all likelihood. There's going to be a ton of new pieces he's got to put together. And are they going to be able to get enough impact guys to make this season like a blip on the radar or, you know, because it could get, you know, if, if they don't address the issues that this team has and get better players for next year and get a better mix of players that fit together and, are more cohesive. It's not necessarily they need more talent. They need pieces that fit together and play together better. It could get, you know, it could get worse next year. Honestly, I mean, it, it, you know, people don't want to think about that scenario, but you, they've got a lot of talent on this team. Now, is it the best of talent? Is it best, uh, you know, is it proper roster construction? No, but th- there's players that are on this team that are good enough to help you win ball games. And if they lose some of these guys, and then they don't go out and get replacements that are you know at least not i don't want to say as talented but talented guys in the, in the portal and guys that can really help you win and kind of you know maybe are fit together better if they don't do that you know i i just don't see a, a great path for things being all that much better next year so i mean as much as like the focus and what we talk about on the show every week matt is the, is the team and we'll continue to do that until the last game of the season when it ends but you know that once the season ends, there's going to have to be a deep dive analysis um, of of what needs to happen in the portal to get this thing back in the right direction. Because it's just uh, you know I can just tell you, and I'm sure you get it. It's probably to a lesser extent, obviously, than I do. Um, but with your show, I mean, you got your text line, you hear from people on social media. It's you can't ignore the elephant in the room right now. It's ugly out there. IU fans are not happy, um, and they 
they don't want to hear excuses. They they want to they want wins and they want their team to be successful and totally justified. And 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 I think um, there's going to be a ton of pressure on Mike Woodson to figure this out and get it right because you you can't have another season like this. Um, it's you know I've, I've kind of laid out all the reasons why, but th- this has been really just a complete failure of a season um, in terms of the wins and losses and, and really. The other thing I think that, that kind of stands out to me, you look at this team, have they really gotten demonstrably better in any area as the season has gone along? I don't think you can say they have. So that it's it's really going to be an interesting offseason, very interesting transfer portal season, but they're going to have to really hit some home runs, and uh, it'll be interesting to see if they can do that. Alex Bozich inside the hall. Alex, as always, thanks for the great chat, and uh, we'll do, we'll do it again next Thursday. Appreciate it, Matt. Thanks, Justin, for all you do. Take care, guys. All right. Uh, he's with us. Alex is Thursdays here on the show, presented by Todd Coleman's Classic Furniture. I saw a tweet um, before Alex came on. The last four games, here's how many points Indiana has been down in the second half against its opponents. Purdue, they were down by as many as 28. Ohio State, which they actually came back and won, they were down as many as 18 in the second half. Trailed by as many as 16 to Northwestern in the second half. And 22 points to Nebraska last night in the second half. Uh, Really unbelievable. All right, uh, women's basketball tonight. Indiana hosting number four, Iowa. 8 o'clock tip-off. That's going to be an interesting one. Uh, can Indiana compete? Can they hold their own against Caitlin Clark and Iowa, who are red hot in women's basketball? It'll be a real pre-tournament challenge for the IU women's program tonight. We'll head to a commercial break. We're back with Steve Kerberg on high school basketball. Stay with us here on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. You know, a basketball hero around here is treated like a god. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. You know, most people would kill to be treated like a god just for a few moments. Here's Matt Dennison. And we're back for a quick chat with Steve Kerberg, former coach in the area, great friend of high school basketball in this program. And, Steve, we've got the upcoming sectional tournaments and boys to talk about for next week, but also a very busy week of high school basketball here in the area as teams look to close out their regular seasons. You know, New Albany's had uh, a mediocre week. They lost to Brownstown on the road Tuesday, 39 points scored by Jack Benner on Tuesday night. Then last night, New Albany, it was tight, but they were very fortunate, I felt, to close the game strong and beat Bedford North Lawrence. Although another player, Patrick Matson from Bedford, scored 39 points on New Albany Wednesday night as well. And now New Albany and Bedford coach uh, Kerberg, as I'm bringing your coaching days back into things, quick turnaround. They're going to play in the sectional now. That's kind of an odd set of circumstances, but when you've got games that are postponed or delayed because of weather and then the pairings are out, that kind of stuff can happen. Hey, uh, thanks for having me, Matt. Uh, I had the privilege of going to that game last night, actually with my dad, which is pretty special to get to do. But, uh, man, Matson was unbelievable last night. Um, I, I didn't realize how good he was, man. He's he's long, he's athletic, he, he can shoot the basketball. And, and of course, the coach's son, he, he's, a, he's a good shooter too. But, man, what a high, that was a high-level basketball game, exciting, fast, up-paced. 
I mean, a lot of pace in that game. And, um, you know, the question, I guess, for coaches is, you know, what, what do you show? What do you not show? What are you saving for the tournament? Um, myself, I, I like to, I like to just go out. I, I'm just too competitive, I guess, but I just like to go out and kind of do what we do and try to get the win and then, you know, watch the tape closely and see what kind of adjustments we can still make to play a better game the next time against the opponent. But, um, uh, you, you wonder, what what, what uh, the coaches were thinking last night. That's a really uh, interesting position to be in. Steve, I don't know about you, but I definitely did not get the feeling last night that either team was trying to hold something back or save something for their tournament date next week. Uh, that type of game it was, the way it finished, you had to basically do whatever it took to get the victory. Yeah, I felt like New Albany, uh, you know, early they were in a half-court, kind of a half-court trap, and I think Bedford was able to get a lot of open looks out of that. And then later in the game, Duobney applied a little bit more full court pressure. I think it sped uh, Bedford up a little bit. Um, but yeah, especially, especially late in the game when Bedford had a six-point six lead, um, that pressure, they were able to generate some turnovers and kind of change the uh, last two or three minutes of that game. Steve Kerberg joining us as we talk high school basketball. I asked Josh Cook this yesterday, and next week we'll have more time to chat, but what sectional draw was most intriguing to you? Um, and most most intriguing, um, uh, you know, I, I think the 1A and the 4, the 1A and the 4A have, have several teams that can win and um, could go just so many different ways. And you got, you have great games uh, the first night throughout the tournament. Um, uh, you know, I, I'm excited about all four of them. Um, I think Silver Creek got a great draw and a good chance they could see Scottsburg in the, in the championship. That would be exciting, uh, a game, you know, just a week or two ago, Silver Creek and Scottsburg were tied after three quarters. So that, that's a, that's a maybe kind of an underlooked possible championship, but a lot has, a lot has to go right for that to, uh, even happen as, as well as the other, as well as the other tournament games. You know, you got on paper matchups you would like to see in the championships, um, uh, as a fan. Um, but man, we know how the tournament goes with that. Absolutely. Steve Kerberg with us Thursday's coach. We'll catch up again next week. Get out, enjoy some sectional basketball, and be ready to tell us all about it when we talk again. Hey, man. My, my segment was a little short this week. I'm going to have to get a honey-baked ham gift card, man. That's, you got me <laughs> wanting to go eat there today. Watch <laughs> it now. You're starting to sound like Chad Gilbert, coach. <laughs> have a good day, man. Thank you. Steve Kerberg with us Thursdays on the show. That's going to wrap things up for this Thursday program. We will be back on Friday. Uh, let's see here. Dylan Wallace is with us Fridays. Kyle Neddenrip of the Indianapolis Star on Fridays. And we've got IU Iowa in women's basketball tonight. Caitlin Clark is amazing. I can't wait to see how uh, the Lady Hoosiers fare against a really good Hawkeyes team tonight. We'll talk about it all tomorrow. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison.